This is the future of finance by Motive Labs. Hello, welcome to the future of finance, the Motive Labs podcast where we live and breathe the next generation of financial technology. This is Sam, and I am joined today by Joanne Barefoot of Barefoot Innovation Group. Welcome. Hi, it's lovely to be here. Joanne, we always start with the kind of basic introductions uh, and a summary of your career. Could you maybe tell our listeners a little bit about what you've done through your career and about what you're focused on today? I'd be happy to. I spent most of my career in financial regulation, especially consumer protection and, and aiming for financial inclusion. Decades. I was deputy controller of the currency. I uh, worked for the Senate Banking Committee. I was very involved for years and years with efforts at regulatory solutions for financial consumers. And about six years ago, I started immersing in technology change, fintech, and then regtech, and realized that we could do more for people with better technology than we've been able to do trying to regulate some of these things for for 50 years. So I now work pretty much exclusively with on the regulatory issues arising around fintech and regtech as well. I spent two years at Harvard. I'm writing a book on financial innovation and regulation also. Thank you. Oh, I'd love to see a copy of the book when, when it's out. You've obviously uh, seen and experienced a lot in the last couple of decades. There's no shortage of trends and exciting changes, whether it be technology-related or business model-related, and obviously shifting relationships between some of the bigger and smaller players. What are the, some of the, the key trends and shifts you've seen specifically around payments in your career? I think one of the biggest issues we're confronting is how we're going to tap into data and put it to full use and still protect people's privacy. And privacy has catapulted to the top of a lot of uh, people's agendas sort of beyond the financial world this year with the issues around Facebook and other developments. We have to use the data. I mean, what what's happening in financial services is we're in the process of digitizing financial services, and then we're also early on in digitizing financial regulation too. And when you do that, you can make everything faster, cheaper, and better at the same time. But we can only accomplish that if we really tap into the data fully. And to do that, we're going to have to figure out how to protect it better. The other issue I would call out that's related to that is I do a lot of work with anti-money laundering. I have a company called Hummingbird Reg Tech that is an anti-money laundering solution. And there, too... The UN statistics are that there's about $2 trillion a year in financial crime and that we're catching less than 1% of it. And our estimate is in the US, we probably spend about $50 billion a year to get that result. And it's because we have old technology and really limited data flows, and we really need to solve that if we want to catch financial crime. We, people think of anti-money laundering as a compliance task, but this is where the funding comes from for human trafficking and drug and weapons trafficking and terrorism. And we're going to have to do better if we're going to 
to make progress on shutting those down. Thanks. That's fascinating. The statistics are, are almost shocking. Could you just give us a little bit of a deeper dive on Hummingbird RegTech? It sounds like uh, a necessary set of products and solutions. Maybe you could tell the listeners a little bit more. Thanks. I'd be happy to. So Hummingbird has started with the investigations process. So financial companies are required to monitor their customers' activities and then to report suspicious activity to the government. And that requires investigating a pattern of uh, transactions to see if they might indicate illegal money laundering activity. So we have a collaborative, integrated investigations platform. Today, even in large companies, much of the work or all of it is being done in Excel spreadsheets. People working on these cases will have 20 browser tabs open. They'll be checking Google Maps and pulling data in from different streams. We get it all into one place, enable the analysts to get a complete picture of what has happened, infographics, mapping, time sequences. And then with that, they not only can tell whether a crime probably has occurred, but we're also enabling channel through which they can report this more robust data to the government efficiently. As we do it now, most of the information in that type of analysis is lost before it gets to the government side of the fence because we're in the United States, we're submitting a lot of it in PDFs. Mm -hmm. So we need to modernize that. Is Hummingbird based in, in the U.S.? Hummingbird is based in the U.S. We do have uh, some pilot customers in the U.K. as well, and we do a lot of work in the U.K. We actually participated in the Financial Conduct Authority's uh, AML Tech Sprint this year. Very excited to be here at the P20 and see the collaboration across the Atlantic. The U.K. is the leading country in the world. I'm confident in saying this. I work with regulators all over the world. The U.K. has really been the leaders in bringing innovation into the regulatory side of how to do things better and smarter. And uh, so we worked with them as much as possible. It's great to hear you say that. And yeah, if we can ever be of use as, as motive partners to you in, uh, in in London, let us know. You mentioned that the P20, where we are today in Atlanta this year, back to London next year. This is just the second year that it's occurred. And a lot has happened in the last, last 12 months. The team has done a great job of bringing some of the biggest names, biggest companies to the table. And hopefully we'll see a lot of collaboration over the next 12 months. What does the P20 mean to you and, and why are you here? I met West Richards at an Africa conference in London last year and was so impressed by the vision of connecting up London and Atlanta, which are the two payments capitals that we can think about in this fast-changing field. And so West asked me to come uh, here and, and speak today on a panel, on, and we're going to be looking at the issues of sandboxes, regulatory experimentation uh, methods that are starting to crop up in the world, and open banking and the differences between the European and UK environment and the US environment, which is very, very different, and then also tying in sort of the global progress underway in payments technology. It's interesting hearing you talk about sandboxes. One of the Motive Labs things we've built that I mentioned, uh, a company called Infinite, which is a multi-tenanted API sandbox, it has had 
a lot of international attention. It's it's not just the European companies that, that want a, a piece of it. Banks all over the world are building their own sandboxes. Why not create multi-tenanted sandboxes so that you can benefit from that international knowledge transfer and collaboration? We like to end on a couple of not necessarily payment-specific questions. Which region do you think will be the most promising over the next two, three decades? In payments innovation? In anything. I'm excited about what's happening in Asia. Certainly in the financial sector, Singapore has been standing out and, and so have some of the other Asian countries. Just in the speed of innovation and the vision, the, the secret to the regulation part of this doing better is more collaboration, more connection, less isolation, less walls between regulators and industry, even though we need appropriate walls. And they've been really fast moving in Asia. I would tend to agree with you. Having just spent some time in Singapore, it's it's amazing what they're doing. And uh, and the MAS regulator there is another very forward thinking one. Yeah, considering that they are a central bank, they don't behave like any other central bank I've seen in terms of their embrace of technology and their, you know, they run a big fintech festival that's coming up uh, in a couple of months. Awesome. And then the final question, and I ask everyone the same one, it's about mentors and role models. I'm a believer in nurturing the next generation of talent, particularly if you want uh, your industry to, to continue being the thought leader that it is. Who have been some of your mentors and role models? My mentors along the way have been, I've had different ones at different times in my life. For some reason, they've all been men. I'm not sure if that would be the case if I was starting out again today, but they were the people that I had to look to. And, you know, it was mentoring where they people would take an interest in your potential. Uh, one of them is a lawyer in Washington who uh, I now collaborate with very closely and I'm doing some things that he's really excited about, and he likes to take credit. <laughs> so that's been part of it. Other than that, it's really been my my parents. My father was a helicopter pioneer. I have a podcast show of my own, Barefoot Innovation, and I did an episode with my father before he passed away to listen to how he innovated in the early 20th century in aviation technology how they thought about what were the new frontiers of innovation, and then what are the lessons today And as we try to innovate with our new technology. And um, he always taught me to be inventing and to be brave, I guess, to try things and not and not have any fear. It's great advice and, uh, and a big thank you. Uh, have a great rest of your P20 conference and we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Sam. It's nice to be here. Thank you for your time and insights. And thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Sam. See you next time. The information contained in this podcast is intended for discussion purposes only. It is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation for the purchase or sale of a security or any services of motor partners. All investing involves risk, and there is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are as of the date of recording, reflect the views and opinions of the persons expressing them, and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of motive partners. Motive partners makes no representations or warranties as to the accuracy, reliability, or completeness of any information provided, and undertakes no 
obligation to update, amend, or clarify the information in the podcast, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise. Any securities, transactions, or holdings discussed may not represent investments made by motive partners. It should not be assumed that securities, transactions, or holdings discussed, if any, were or will be profitable, or that the recommendations or decisions made in the future will be similar, or will equal the performance of the securities, transactions, or holdings discussed herein. This podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are based on beliefs, assumptions, current expectations, estimates, and predictions about the financial industry, the economy, motive partners, or motive partners' investments. Nothing in the podcast should be construed or relied upon as investment, legal, accounting, tax, or other professional advice, or in connection with any offer or sale of securities.